Hello, I'm Liv Bolton and welcome back to The Outdoors Fix, a podcast to inspire you to make adventures outdoors a bigger part of your life. This mini-series of The Outdoors Fix is produced in association with outdoor footwear brand Merrill. How are you? I hope you're all doing well. Have you been able to get outside today? Even for just 10 minutes? Go on, I know you want to. And if you have, I'd love to see and hear about your outdoors adventures, however small and local. Just tag the Outdoors Fix in your social media photos or send me a message. Anyway, if you're looking for a story about how getting outdoors, joining a walking club and setting yourself outdoors challenges can transform your life, then this episode is for you. What do you do when your sporting career, which has been your life since you were nine years old, comes to an end? For my guest, Jamie Neal, the answer was to put on a pair of hiking boots. Jamie was a professional badminton player traveling the world and playing for Scotland in the World Championships. But when his playing career had to stop, he swapped the indoor courts for the outdoors and he hasn't looked back. He's now summited over 200 Munros, climbing 40 of them in just one week, hiked the West Highland Way, summited the three highest peaks in North Africa, and he joined a walking group, which led to him meeting his partner, Nikki and starting a family. Getting outside has truly helped Jamie's mental and physical transition from a sport that so dominated his life. Jamie's a personal trainer now, and he's also become a passionate advocate of mental well-being and took it upon himself to organise numerous challenges during the lockdowns to try and help motivate people to get outside and feel good. I had a brilliant time chatting with Jamie, even though we had to speak via video call given the current restrictions. I wanted to find out what sparked his first big hike, why hiking has helped his mental well-being so much, and how he went about getting more of the outdoors into his life. I hope you enjoy the podcast and don't forget to listen out for Jamie's hiking tips and advice for Munro bagging, as well as the sounds of nature at the end of the podcast. So here's Jamie. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the Outdoors Fix podcast. It's brilliant to have you on. Thanks for asking me. I'm delighted to be on and um Look forward to chatting to you. Thank you very much. Well, we are doing it over the internet again because we're in another lockdown. Um, you're in Hamilton near Glasgow in Scotland. I'm in London in my flat. How have you been trying to get outdoors in this pandemic and, and lockdown? Um, so lockdown for just over a month. Um, I've just been really trying to get, you know, up to even 30 minutes is, is a target. Um, with kind of fitness stuff to try and keep fit but um, if it's been a nice day I've been going around the parks and the trails and stuff so as long as I can get something um, I do feel it makes a big difference even the last couple of nights it's been seven eight at night and it's been dark but it's um, and Nikki said to me why don't you go outside just go and do it and uh, you know it's made a difference um, so you'll hear people saying all the time how it helps and it genuinely does Absolutely. And Nikki is your partner. And you have been really inspiring people. I think it was from November to January, you had an initiative called I Am Outside. Um, and you were encouraging others to get out daily like yourself. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, um, it started on the 30th of November. Um, and it ran until the 24th of January. 
Um, so it was eight weeks, and um, I'd got the idea um, during the November challenge I was doing, and just really from chatting to people about how things were going, and a lot of the chats were around how people were feeling, so it wasn't things like what they were up to, and you know, it was more about feelings, and um, the winter was coming, and Christmas, and it not feeling like a typical celebration. So I Am Outside was basically about daily activity, repeating positive affirmations, and just telling yourself that you feel good, that you're capable. Um, things that I've did before that you know feel maybe a, a wee bit silly at first, but are actually really encouraging because a lot of times our self-talk's quite negative. And just um, trying to find a sunrise or sunset once a week, exploring new places once a week, and not just your same route. And um, also just keeping a little log of what they've been doing how they were feeling or if it, if they'd walked six miles, maybe they were going to try and walk seven miles the next week. So it could have been any activity, but it wasn't really competitive. So I think that's what encouraged a lot of people. It wasn't about who did the most. It was just about um, 10 minutes even, just getting out the back garden, just to feel better, fresh air. But it really actually took off and I loved it. There were a lot of people who got involved with that and there were some fantastic photos on social media of people taking a picture of when they were doing their daily walk for this for this I Am Outside initiative. And sometimes it really takes a kind of community, doesn't it, to get you motivated to think, you know, I need to get out today and Yeah, and like I wasn't sure if it would if it would be quite tiresome, you know, I was there was stories every day and people were sharing the my the hashtags and things like that and I tried to look at it from the other side that, you know, it was quite repetitive, but it was a very positive message. So I don't, I hope it wasn't something that people get tired of seeing, um, you know, just flashing up 30, 40 people sharing photos every day. But yeah, I just got that going for six weeks and then extended it for eight weeks. And to be honest, I would probably keep something like that going. But um, with my home situation and Nikki's pregnant and everything, I just feel like eight weeks was perfect. And might tap into it a little bit more in the future, but people now ultimately have the tools to keep going without it having to have a, a, a name attached to it. They're just getting outside regularly. So I think that was quite important. So physical activity, the outdoors and mental health awareness are massive things in your life now. And I want to explore how and where this all came from. So from a young age, you've always been really physically active, haven't you? Um, I, I took part in a lot of sports, but I was like a chunky little boy. I was called all sorts at school for being fat, you know, and it just was, it was just like something that I suppose once I took part in sport, um, it kind of went away. You know, I was playing football, I was maybe playing a bit of golf, and my grandpa had badminton grips on my golf clubs, and I think he was trying to push me towards playing badminton, and that's what I ended up doing, and it kind of took over from the other sports. I started playing badminton competitively when I was maybe nine, ten, and it kind of took off very seriously. It it did, because you became a, a, a very amazing badminton player. You were the British junior champion, the Scottish senior champion, and you played at the World Championships. Yeah, it was it was a school sport in, in Scotland, and... Um, you know, it was you came up through the school, but I was, um, my grandpa coached the school team, and I stayed behind after school a bit younger and played away with him, and then I was in county trials and then like national junior trips, and I was going to Wales and um, competing against the home nations. And then I was fourteen, I got I was in France and Madeira and Denmark and stuff, so it was just like incredible opportunities to to play 
for your country. Um, and that took a lot of practice. So it was like several nights a week and stuff like that. And I was playing at European level as a junior and, and then I went up to senior level and it was just something that I wanted to do. Some people drop out, but I kind of had it in my family and I had aspirations and uh, I was 20, it was 2005, 2021, when I played the World Champs in LA. That was incredible. And I lost second round, but it was amazing to be invited. Right up until 2017, um, I was playing, you know, very competitively um, in the Scotland team. And I got to 75 in the world. Fantastic. And you did mention to me before that a family illness had been one of the reasons why you were particularly keen in keeping fit and active. Yeah, um, my grandpa, my mum's dad, who was influential in, um, in me playing badminton, he, he got MS in 1984. I was just born, I think. So he was maybe in his early 40s. Um, my mum's sister has MS since maybe in 1990. And then my mum... Um, contracted it in two thousand and three. She was only thirty seven, which is which is my age on my next birthday. So um, just seeing physical health deteriorate in front of you, was is a big influence on me to like make the most of your physical capabilities. You don't know what's around the corner. It's an amazing attitude. Obviously, badminton was a massive part of your life when you were younger. But did the outdoors factor into it? I didn't grow up in the outdoors, I would say. Mm. I did a lot of kind of caravanning and stuff with the grandparents, but it wasn't on Monroe's or in trying to kind of plan it as such. Um, once I took part in the sport, my weekends were in the competitions. Um, over the years, I've missed a lot of birthdays and, and, and parties and my friends were out doing stuff and I was kind of, you know, getting ready to compete and things. So... It definitely didn't play a part in my teenage years, I would say, unless it was from a, a training standpoint, let's go a run or let's cycle. Um, I didn't pursue it as a hobby or, you know, and I look back and I didn't even climb in my uni days. Um, I was at Stirling University and there's a, like, there's Dumayat Hill next to Stirling and I've never even climbed it. It's a really prominent hill. Even my aunt was at Stirling and she went every freshers week onto the hill. And um, it's so common for people for sunrises um, in the Stirling area. And I've never been up it. And it's it just shows it wasn't really a, a definite interest until my early 30s. So when you stopped competing in badminton, you then became a coach and you travelled the world coaching and you became a personal trainer and you're now a wellbeing advisor for Nuffield Health. So how did the outdoors then become the big feature in your life that it is now? What was the moment after you'd sort of, you know, badminton was slightly less a part of your life and you had more time? Yeah, um, I was fortunate to coach overseas. 2013 and 15 and 16, I was, I was coaching in California. And in 2015, I was asked to go hiking. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't, I've not got enough equipment. And um, they looked at me funny because they were dressed in shorts and t-shirt with a little rucksack. And they, I thought that they meant that we were going to be climbing up mountains and fixing ropes and things like that because it was hiking. And, I, you know, in Scotland, maybe, I call it hiking now, but we maybe call it hill walking or rambling or something. So literally we were walking through a national park in a kind of dry heat. And it was, it was awesome. Loads of um, amazing scenery, nature. 
and um, I was travelling across the States and I got to see some really, really tremendous places doing that. And I kind of had a switch go on that, you know, there was, there was other things that I could do in my life that I could apply my skills to and what else was, was there. And then when I was in New Zealand just after that, it, it really reminded me of Scotland. I've always liked driving around Scotland, even though I wasn't t- doing an outdoors activity. And I really made a, a, a point there of saying that I was going to explore back home. It all kind of came together. And when I came back, I went round to the local boxing club round the corner from me in Hamilton. I'd seen it online and I went on, I remember it, I went on the 1st of August and they were like, do you want to climb Ben Nevis in two weeks? And I was like, yeah, why not? And they did a once a month hill walking trip. That was my first trip to do Ben Nevis, Britain's highest mountain, by the CMD Ridge, which is quite daunting, but I was none the wiser to what I was going to do and um, just following these guys that were really, you know, local guys, but they were really experienced in hill walking and, and um, it was something they did through their, like, camping was second nature to them and stuff. So that was, saying yes to that was one of the best things I did. That's fantastic. And for that to be basically your first real big mountain trip, that's quite a, that's quite a steep one for the first one. Did you start going regularly then with that club? Is that did you go on their monthly walking? Trips? Yeah, it's it's Bravehearts Boxing Club, and it, it like totally drew me in the whole Scottish theme and guys that are quite passionate about the same things as me. But there was there was maybe forty people there, and twenty were in my route, and twenty were in the the main path, and we met at the top, and I was not out my depth like physically, but out my depth in terms of like. I had too many layers. I had waterproofs on from the start and I had to take them off and I was falling behind. And um, I'm known as the king of faff. <laughs> it was definitely a faffing day because I just had, I'd overpacked, you know, which is a good thing sometimes, but um, physically I found it really thrilling, you know, and I just thought it was, it was, to be up that high and, and just have fresh air and headspace was awesome. And I didn't really know anyone. That was, you know, it's another kind of subtle tip for people. I, I was in the minibus and I was just, I didn't really know many people. Um, I would only been two sessions at that point to the club. So um, I got the bug and it was once a month. I did it four months and then it really stopped for about five months for winter. After the winter with five months of nothing, April 2018, I, th- I'm, I just went myself. I just thought, right, I'm... I started researching and I built up to Monroe's. I turned back on a Monroe and then um, I went the next time to do it. And I really made a, th- a thought then of I'm going to tackle these Monroe's. And I started from then to, to pursue it a bit more a bit aggressively, I would say. So how, how could you summarise how it made you feel doing this? Obviously, you were starting to get the bug for it because you were going out yourself now, having gone with your group. Yeah, just like... In my own world, like I was making, I was working at Nuffield and I was making time at the weekends to, to do this. A lot of friends had dabbled and they now had families. So maybe they couldn't go as like spontaneously as me, but I started quite very typically. I, d- I did the Monroes that were near me and the, the mountains that were nearby. But just, you know, in my own world, walking whistling, singing, just taking time amongst the, the kind of different scenery. I just found it really relaxing. Um, 
I, I really thrived on the physical aspect where you see like a tough incline and it's it's you in the mountain, you know, there was I played a sport where there was rules and it was the same court for so many years and now the scenery was different and every day was different and just being outside was 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 kinda it came at the right time and it was something that I could still um apply like the physical challenge in me to do. Um, but, you know, I turned back f- f- maybe 100 metres from the summit on my first man road because the weather was a bit risky. So I still had a lot. I still had things to learn. And I had I had some common sense, I like to think. But um, it gave me the bug to start saying, right, let's try Saturday and Sunday. Or, right, that's OK, let's try. I remember doing um, Monroe's Friday, Saturday, Sunday and thinking it was like the hardest thing ever because it was it was a huge adventure because it, it was more than just one day, you know? You've written on social media about your mental health struggles in the past. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and, and what the impact the outdoors has had on it, perhaps? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple of months ago, I was doing November and rather than just document the physical aspects of the challenge, I wanted to be a bit more outspoken about mental health and share my own story. So I had this lengthy post about struggles from around 2010 to 13 that have reared their head since but were more common then and it was the first time I had to confront them. And I hadn't really put it out in the outdoors community before but I found it really rewarding to do it. Um, Two strands for me back then and one I was playing badminton full time but it was worth noting that I was a self-funded athlete. So I got a letter when I was 20 telling me that I'd fulfilled my potential. So I had no income or funding in the sport and I paid my own way year after year to tournaments here and abroad, like the World Championships, um, to for training costs, accommodation, sports hall hire, equipment, that kind of thing. And I loved doing it and I had goals, but it was probably more of an uphill battle than I realised. Five years later, I won the Scottish title and I was over the moon. But the next day, um, I was told that it wasn't in the best interest of the sport for me to play in the Scotland team. And I was absolutely crushed. And that season, I missed like team events like the Commonwealth Games. And I didn't really have great coping mechanisms. Um, I, you know, I learned a lot about resiliency, being resourceful, adversity, things that I transfer over into the outdoors now and why I talk about mindset and and focus and stuff like that a lot doing these challenges but at the time it was very difficult um I was coaching and giving chats in schools and stuff so I didn't really have an escape from the sport and people saw me as this positive role model that was happy and successful it was quite difficult underneath and on a personal level I was going through a breakup um I had the family health I had months of build-up of feelings that like anxiety, worry, um, low mood, um, low self-esteem and depressing feelings and one of the outlets I had was to sit in the car and I did nothing but have negative thoughts and, and, and feel empty. So it wasn't very proactive um, and I shielded it from people. I was embarrassed and, you know, um, didn't tell family and anybody I did mention it to would tell you to man up and get my head back in the game so it was tough and I ended up going to a counsellor for over a year once a week or once a fortnight where I managed to open up and we chatted about family life 
parents divorcing when I was two, relationships, how you reacted to things, the sport, and I started to practice, you know, emotional care, um, read things like Jim Rohn and Dr. Steve Peters' Chimp Paradox, and, you know, just really be have different perspectives and you know after months it was great and then at least after a year it was visibly and internally so much better but I never really had the outdoors like I do now and when they came along I realised how emotionally beneficial it is hearing the waves at the coast or going a walk in a park or being up a mountain stress-free environments that that give you so much it's not just a physical activity for me and I think we're obviously all missing it just now but um, it's something I'm going to prioritise going forward. Um, I've met so many like-minded people through it that can relate to it and have these conversations. And it's, I'm happy to chat about mental health to anybody that wants to. And I think it's really important. Going back to the outdoors, you started Munro bagging, and obviously that's hiking up mountains in Scotland over 3,000 feet. You did those first four with your group. How often then would you go Munro bagging? It became a regular hobby. For about almost three years ago, it became something I would look forward to Saturdays, Sundays. Initially myself, I did four or five Munros on my own, and then a friend of mine, Kyle, asked to come along. And Kyle and I did about, you know, 30, 40 Monroes together um, before wow. before someone else or another group got involved. So um, he he's about six years younger than me, somebody that I coached one-to-one at badminton, a good athlete in his own and, and, and quite into the same kind of uh, role models and stuff as me. You know, he just saw me doing that and thought, that looks really good. And he came along and... Um, we got into some crazy situations sometimes, just um, um, going with our gut and things like that. But definitely, um, he he brought out a lot of you know adventurous side in me and wanting to push each other and stuff. So it was great. You started to join a walking group called Iona's Adventures. Is that something that really increased your amount of time you spent in the outdoors? Absolutely. I felt that I needed another. Um, group to be part of I just wanted to meet like-minded people as well and you know going online and sharing Monroe stories there was a lot of other people practicing it as well and going hill walking so I'd followed Iona's group for a couple of weeks and joined up and all these people are setting up events for you to go to you know so it was it was great it was also places that maybe I wouldn't find uh, different uh, locations that I wasn't looking at so it opened so many doors and it made um, my social circle different. People from you know Edinburgh, um, Aberdeen, Glasgow, Inverness, all over the country that were, would meet up to Hillwalk. It was really positive um, and it's, it's, it's grown massively obviously and um, I've been on a lot of Hillwalks with Iona's group. Phenomenal. Wonderful. It's brilliant to see your outdoors life sort of taking off like that. And it really ramped up in 2019 when you decided to do five outdoors challenges before you were 35. Can you list those challenges for me? They're, they're crazy. Yeah, I wanted to embrace turning 35. I just picked out five things. I like the name, five for 35. So I did the West Highland Way, a famous walk from 
um, Glasgow to Fort William. Um, I did that over five days um, on my own in May. Um, I did a, a what the, the, the Bravehearts boxing gym call a Scots Athlon. Um, and it's swimming across Loch Lomond, um, one and a half miles, climbing Ben Lomond, the Monroe, and then cycling 40 miles back round to the start. And that's, again, that's the guy that runs the club. Um, they do that annually. And that, that swimming, the swimming aspect was, was really tough. Um, another uh, thing that I had to practice to, to kind of overcome. And then I did the July, was the 40 Monroes in a week, which was just something I came out with, eating lunch with my gran. Um, I said, 50 Monroes, and she said, don't be stupid. And I, I, I looked at some routes and I, I cut it down to 40. And um, that was a whole, like... And out of all the challenges, that was one itself that would have needed, like loads of time to prepare for and things because it was quite it was very grueling. It was a week long, it wasn't just one day, and it was hard hard mountains and four days out. This we we hiked for five days. We had two days off. I was with my friend Kyle. He did it with me. He was keen. Four days we finished after about one in the morning. Wow. And we got really horrible weather. We, we, the first 19 summits, we were in the rain and clouds. In itself, like, that was one that, you know, I, I talk about a lot. Everybody jokes that I like to refer to that challenge. But the way it panned out, the, the, the weather and the, the time that we took to do it, I probably wouldn't have been on the mountains in a normal day. But it was a charity challenge, and I really felt the, the urge to do it. The last day was 11 Monroes. It was a tough, tough, tough slog to finish it. And um, Iona joined me for the last four and we finished at 11 o'clock at night and got down at half past one in the morning. Oh, blimey. So that's three out of your five for 35 challenges. What were the final two? The, the fourth one was um, in August and I, I, was, I was, wasn't looking forward to this. It was a cycle from Malig um, in the Highlands to one of the nicest spots in the Highlands, to Hamilton, to where I live, 160 miles. My friends drove to Malig to go to Noidart to climb mountains, and I cycled back from Malig. So once I was on the bike, it was like, well, I have to get home now. You know, I was very sore and, 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 um, and found that mentally challenging because it was a bit out of my comfort zone. And, you know, I, I, I cycled 60 miles, slept overnight in Glencoe and cycled 100 home. So I was really glad to get that out of the way. I didn't tell my mum I was doing it because she worries about being on the road and stuff. And um, yeah, that one came and gone. And then the last one was in Morocco with Iona's group doing three peaks over 4,000 metres, which was amazing. Wow. So, so that was a trip of about eight days, wasn't it? And then you climbed the three highest peaks in northern Africa. Yeah. And that was its own expedition. It wasn't, um, it was something that personally I attached to the, my challenge to try and complete those three peaks. Um, but again, in its own right, it was, you know, just an incredible experience um, away from the mountains, with camping with the guys in, the, in the, the, the Moroccan High Atlas Mountains and totally new experience. None of us had been at that altitude Again, 15 friends that are friends for life, like I've gone on to do birthday parties and um, Christmas markets and mountain festivals with these guys. And um, we all 
look back so fondly with Morocco and I remember getting to the, the, the top there of Tubcal and just completely broke down. Um, I think it had been something that was just building up to finish the challenge for me, but also it was just a perfect, perfect time. So out of your 5 for 35 uh, challenges in 2019, you raised a lot of money for charity. 5,000 for Alzheimer Scotland. Fantastic. I chose a charity that, you know, my grandpa had faced dementia and I looked into dementia charities and they stood out. I had a, you know, a great relationship with them um, and it just, I was delighted to, to raise for them. And it, it definitely gave me that accountability and, and urge to, to get on the bike and swim in the, the, the pool and put in the, the kind of laps and stuff like that. So I was so grateful for people's help there. So you have been motivating people to be active and outdoors during lockdown. In, in the first lockdown, you got people to do the 500 mile challenge where people would go out for a, a mile. Is that right? Yeah, so I was in lockdown in Newcastle at Nicky's last year and um, my attitude was to try and, you know, enjoy each day and try and find a silver lining in things. I know it's a difficult struggle this lockdown even compared to the last one but I was thinking what kind of things can people do that are achievable so Proclaimers 500 miles track was over the top but literally getting out walking a mile filming yourself and enjoying it or the scenery that you can see and I, I quite like video editing and um, that kind of thing photo collages and stuff so um, I put it together and it was awesome you're getting people in um, California and Pennsylvania and um, one girl was a cabin crew and she was in India so she's filming herself walking up and down the plane you know I did walking on sunshine and dire straits walk of life anything that got people walking and getting that feeling of of adventure just for for a day or so so definitely uh, 2020 was was a lot of kind of little inclusive challenges that that had hopefully had a good impact on people so what do you think are your outdoor goals? I mean, we're, I know that we're in a pandemic and it's a little bit tricky right now, but what are your ideal sort of things that you want to go for in the outdoors? I definitely want to complete the Monroes this year. So how many have you done? So there's 282, but how many have you done then? The 216. So you're pretty close. I managed last year to do like 75 Monroes. I think when, when July came and lockdown lifted, I was... I was slept in my car for days and stuff doing it and just really passionate um, about doing it. It's not been as fluent, obviously, recently, but I'd love to complete the Monroes. Um, my gran's still alive. She climbed 189 and um, I think she had a lifetime of racket sports from my grandpa and myself. She's She's so supportive about taking part in the outdoors and I use her, her in an example. She walks a dog every day. She goes local walks. So as I say, there's people that are have the outdoors kind of embedded in them. So to see, hopefully to have her in Glencoe, if I do the last Monroe, just to set me off, that's something that, that, that kind of is why I want to try and finish them. I know that it's not a competition, but I definitely would like her to be there. So it's something kind of in the back of my mind that would be great if I could do the Monroes while she's able to come and, and see us off that would be huge just finally then jamie what impact do you think the outdoors has had on your life massive impact it's 
personally, it's given me a new lease of um of challenge of enjoyment. It's given me fantastic social opportunities. Um, on a personal level, meeting uh, meeting Nikki on a friendship level, meeting people that you can just not see for a while, and you meet them at the foot of a mountain, and you go on your way. Um, we've stayed in Bothies on New Year's Eve, instead of having house parties. You know, it's obviously given me ambitions in different parts of the world and stuff like that. But again, it's made me appreciate the local area and just just keeping keeping myself going with with local challenges um and things like that. So it's it's been incredible and it's definitely something that I want to be in, you know, part of my future with a baby and outdoors and I definitely would like to try new things after with hill walking. Um a lot of people are paddle boarding and they are swimming and things. So there's other uh, kayaking, there's other things that I could apply my my, you know, mindset to as well, not just the mountains. Jamie, who are the three people who have inspired your outdoors adventures and why? Well, the first one might not be a surprise to people that know me. It's um, an American chap called David Goggins. Right. I have to mention him. His life story is very legendary, but he is um, a former Navy SEAL. And basically his life story had a lot of adversity about him um, being overweight and things like that and not being allowed to be in the SEALs, not even allowed to uh, try and get into them. He, he hated water. And um, just his life story about how he lost weight, overcame it, um, got into the seals, survived three hell weeks. He's the only person to ever do that in the in the the military, and then become an ultra marathon runner, somebody that has no care for what the conditions are like outside and very extreme to you could say on the in the, on one end of the spectrum. But I find him very positive. I watch a lot of his videos whenever I'm in struggling or you know don't feel like it. Um. I can put on one of his videos or um I think about a time he, he had he, he had tried to race where he had to run a hundred miles in twenty four hours. Wow. He'd ran ten miles that year, but he had to do it in one day. And it just that story he he definitely drives me to um, be the best I can, I would say, and, and to get out there and explore and, and hike and stuff and, and, and take on some you know, you know, just be the best I can, I suppose. How about your second person? Second person's a Scottish climber called Kevin Woods. He's done four Monroe rounds, and I think he's been he's been climbing since he was a little boy. So he had a lot of knowledge, and he's a guide, and you know he's a mountain leader. But his last round was a winter Monroe round. Wow! Just last winter was was very tough. So you're watching him going up in really tough conditions, and he's just a really humble, down to earth, laid back guy. Um, I've taken a lot of you know inspiration from him, and I've you know I've asked him about various routes and clothing to use and stuff like that. So he's so happy to share and approachable, and probably you know doesn't really um care as much for the online presence and things. He's just happy to climb mountains, just and he's just a really good good role model. So Kev Woods is brilliant. You know he's mentioned maybe doing a walk now and then and he's so fast I just I would be left behind 
but there you go. Um, I'd love to walk with him one day. That would be great. Fantastic. And how about your third person? I've got to give Iona Rendell a shout out. Um, definitely an inspiring person and close friend of mine now. She really champions the outdoors, not just like locally now, but is, is, is getting really well known and getting rewarded for it. And probably somebody that doesn't say she was very sporty um, and was a bit anxious about taking on mountains and things like that. So she is inspirational because of her pursuit of it and, and getting to a place where she, you know, is really a leader in that aspect. And, but, but we'll do all the activities. We'll be swimming, we'll be cycling, running. So makes a lot of time for it um, in our own life. And, and I think that's really valuable. I think the impact she's had in the walking group and through sharing online has really reached a lot of people and it's given people that are also inspiring in their own right it's given them a platform or the confidence to to go and do it so there's a lot of um people that she's um influenced and inspired who have gone on to do really adventurous things in their own right Jamie, what tips do you have for listeners to who want to get outdoors more? I mean, obviously, you've been encouraging people to join your challenges of getting outdoors every day. Um, do, would you suggest that people look for inspiring each other and, and motivating each other? I actually definitely think that, um, you know, following and, um, and interacting with people that are, that are doing the same thing has a knock-on effect. I've got into a couple of um, challenges and also being encouraged because I have seen other people doing it. I look outside and it might be raining and there's three people that have fought the rain and went out there. Why not? You know, so if you're if you're following people the way it's going with hashtags and things, if you can search for things that you're looking for and have those, you know, local role models as well as, you know, international, then it just gives you that feeling that, again, I can do that. How about uh, tips for Munro bagging then? Munro bagging, at the moment, we could be doing plenty of reading. And the first tip would be reading, researching and, and kind of planning. It's something I like to do. You know, if, I'm, if I was, I would be immersed in the, the pages online. Walk Highlands is a good one. It's got forums where people have did it all before. I got a lot of roots and ideas. Spend a bit of time just now. Well, the weather's not as nice and we're prohibited um, to, to make some notes and, and get some ideas. I would say that progress gradually, you know, and in, in my, if I, I get asked all the time, what's a good hill to do? What's a good Monroe to start with? I'm not um, an absolute expert in all of this and I still ask people all the time. So on top of the reading, ask people, you know, like I've asked Kev stuff, I've asked mountain leaders, um, and use their advice but progress gradually that's a big tip for me like my cousin went Monroe bagging she's 21 and she never had the right clothes and and I think she didn't I think she absolutely hated it and the last thing I would want for someone is to is to be put off by it so I'd encourage her to try Ben Ann which is a 400 meter hill 
a top ten view for me. I've 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 loved Ben Ann. Did it five times in Sunrise and New Year's Day and everything. So I would really prioritize that as a favorite. But to start at your at your level, and then there's it's like a ladder, you know. So you're adding a a, a rung, and that's like anything. It it would be like running a marathon with no training. So by progressing gradually, you can you can start to push your comfort zone slightly and get out of um get out of it rather than going in at the deep end too much and you end up disliking it and you know injuries and 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 difficulties and stuff like that so through the reading and through the gradual progress you can end up having a really good experience and a- and after that i would say just don't hold back go for it Jamie, thank you so much for chatting to me from Hamilton in Scotland. It's been so interesting to hear about all your challenges, particularly your 5 for 35 challenge, which is awesome. It's actually given me a lot of ideas because I'm not that far away from that age either. So (laughs) it might be something that I take on too. Enjoy. (laughs) It's been really fantastic chatting to you and, and hearing about that progression from your badminton career to now taking on the mountains and that being a big thing for you. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's been great to share it. If people um, listen and they, they want to tap into some of the ideas I've got or um, share some of the routes I did, I've been doing that for the last you know few months for people to help them get in planning for the next, next summer. So happy to share with anyone. Really appreciate you asking me. Hope to inspire as many people as possible to get out there and challenge themselves. Really good luck with the next chapter of parenthood and there'll be, I'm sure, lots of amazing family adventures. Um, So thank you again. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Jamie's episode. And you can see photos of Jamie's adventures on the Outdoors Fix website or on Instagram at The Outdoors Fix. You'll also find him on Instagram at Scotland. And his personal training page is at I underscore am underscore health and fitness. If you want to make the outdoors a bigger part of your life, there are lots of other episodes of The Outdoors Fix with guests to get inspiration from. People like Laura Doling, who moved from Essex to be a postwoman in the Lake District. So just have a browse through the dozens of previous episodes. If you like the Outdoors Fix podcast, it would be brilliant if you could rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and if you could tell your friends and family about it to help spread the word. Now, it's that time to take a short moment to relax and listen to some sounds of nature. This bird song was actually recorded by my mum for me in the Chilterns where I grew up. And like many of you, I haven't been able to see my family for a long time. So this is really special because it made me think of her recording the bird song for me. So I hope you enjoy it. <laughs>